Welcome to Sparkle on Substack with me, Claire Venus. I'm an engagement consultant and mentor, and I started my journey with Substack in April 2022. My Sparkle on Substack publication was born out of my own journey of being a creative who also writes. I'm so excited to bring you tips, tools, and the voices of brilliant online creatives who are as passionate as me about you staying creative on the platform. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sparkle on Substack, the podcast with me, Claire Venus. Um, It is a rainy Saturday afternoon, and I'm so lucky to be speaking to Tamsin this afternoon. We're going to dive into all things art and Substack and creative approaches, and I'm so excited for the conversation. Hi, Tamsin. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Would you like to start by telling everyone a little bit about who you are in the world, where you are in the world, what your practice is, how you came to Substack? Which should I go with first? That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, right? You just you just yeah. tell us who you are in the world. Let's go with that one and then we'll dive into the other stuff. Sure. So I'm Tamsin. I'm Irish. I'm coming to you from Austria. It's actually a really sunny day here right now. Oh so gorgeous. I'm sorry for you with your rain. <laughs> and um, I'm an intuitive artist, I call it, a writer and a mentor. And the main work that I do is something I call soul signs or soul portraits, And that's where I work particularly with women one-on-one to kind of show them their light and magic and presence and energy. It's basically a portrait of someone's energy. And I still haven't figured out how to sum it up because it's such uh, kind of, there's, there's so many different aspects to that project and there's so much to dig into. And all of the advice to every entrepreneur, creative, everyone is like, get your bio, you know, down to one sentence, know how to describe what you do in one sentence. And I still can't do that. <laughs> so. It's so hard, isn't it? The elevator pitch. And it's like, well, which bit of what I do do you want, you know? And can we have a conversation about it? It's so hard to do. And I get why we need to be clearer. But yeah, I agree. It's a hard thing to do. I mean, that work sounds absolutely beautiful. Um, Yeah, wow. It's very, I mean, I haven't come across anyone else in the world doing it. So it's quite unique, I think. And it's really, that's why it's so hard to describe because it's like, you know, you, Claire, when you walk into a room, the energy in that room shifts, right? And you are bringing in light and a certain feeling, a certain vibration. And we never see that when we look in the mirror. And I think especially women, we're so bad at seeing just how powerful and amazing we are. And to describe like, well, basically, I try to communicate that feeling in a visual portrait. And I also work with these women one on one for either a month to three months, it can depend. So that brings in kind of mentoring, coaching, peeling back the layers on their story, because I think if we're going to show the world their light, we also have to look at the shadows, we also have to look at the the darkness, because I think that the light is there because of the dark. It's like, you know, you didn't, um, everyone has a story, everyone has been through some really tough things. And yet look at how brightly they're shining, look at how magical they are. And I just I love it. So also, that's how I came to Substack was through telling these women's stories, writing up a little kind of bio of them for to to go alongside the portrait. Mm -hmm. And I needed somewhere to publish that. And that's how I, I started on Substack, actually. Wow. And so when you're publishing those stories on Substack, are those anonymized? Do the women give you permission like are they in that space of going, wow, share this with the world? Or is it more just like you quietly sharing that that kind of process happened? Oh, God, no, I have to have their permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I have quite a few portraits that, of course, aren't published that they don't want it online, which is totally mm-hmm. fine, because it's it's a, a journey. And it's something that if somebody wants to work with me on it, then I'm thrilled. If they also want to share it online, then great as well. But that's not a, a prerequisite by yeah. any means. Yeah. So wow. it's more, I found that it's more women who really feel like, you know, they've been through something and yet they're still really strong and battling on and I think they want to share those stories as inspiration as hope as you know I mean one recently was a a woman who grew up kind of not knowing where she's really from or knowing where she's from but always being told well you can't be this because you're that and you know all of all of those very tricky things that come with identity and 
she felt I mean it was amazing when I finally published it she was calling me just like tears running down her face going I looked for this story when I was a kid growing up I looked for you know Pakistani or Indian girls who didn't feel like they quite fit into the mold here there anywhere and now I can be that for for little girls everywhere that they, if they're looking if they don't feel like they fit in that they can find this story um which for me is just such an amazing feeling if I can do that I did say to her listen I'm afraid I don't think my Google search ranking is quite good enough for that yet <laughs> you know <laughs> I'd like to believe so but it's things like that you know that um yeah the things we go through and when we want to share those stories with the world to say yeah. look you're not alone yeah wow and it's a, an incredible creative catalyst a lot of which we won't ever really know the true ripples for, right? Like, yes, we can come up with all the search terms. We can reflect the words back from our customers and clients and everything that's happened. But actually, sometimes magic will just find its way to somebody who needs to read that story and they'll read that story and witness that artwork from you. And that's going to shift and change something you might never know. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. And that's mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about doing this kind of work all the time, isn't it? Is that we never know who it's reaching. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a really curious thing around being creative online. And, you know, it's relatively new to me. So I've done this work in the world in person for my whole career. And then, you know, the pandemic shifted a whole load of things. And there was some quiet introspection that went on. And then a phase of going, wow, like there are all these words that need to come tumbling out. And that's what brought me to Substack. And then in that space of showing up on the internet, but also in a kind of kind and generous space, more grew from that than I was ever expecting. And I'm I'm curious about your journey with that. Like what made you decide to start a Substack? Had you heard of it before? Like had somebody else described it? Did you read somebody else's Substack? Did you know it was a newsletter provider? What happened? Uh, well, as a creative entrepreneur, I, I was just a visual artist before I started doing this kind of work. Uh, so my main way of reaching people was Instagram okay. and you know over the years it was slowly growing I wouldn't say it ever got to you know massive masses of followers or anything but I found it so draining and I found that it didn't really convert I got clients sure but not not at the level I needed to survive uh, and I, I could see that it just wasn't working for me in many ways it, I wasn't enjoying it it wasn't it lost that creative buzz you know in the early days there was some sort of excitement about creating on Instagram and for me that got really stale it didn't feel feel good anymore so Substack I had been following a few Substacks that I just really like to read and I always had it in the back of my mind that I knew I had to start a newsletter. I knew it was a more effective kind of marketing mechanism. Uh, so I think I actually started MailChimp only, say, last summer, right when I was starting this project of working with women and changing what I was doing. And I think I used MailChimp for about two weeks before I switched everything to Substack and said, OK, I'll I'll leave MailChimp there. But it's everything's going to go through Substack from now on because I knew it was never going to be typical marketing emails of kind of sending out like oh here's a discount code or oh this you know I've got a sale going on it wasn't going to be that it was going to be much more in-depth thoughtful articles and it felt such a pity to kind of send that out and then it's gone you know it's gone to people's inboxes if they got it they got it if they didn't read it they didn't read it Substack offered this place where, well, it lives on, it stays there, and I can see this collection of writing building, and people can still find it later and can still find the the posts later. And yeah, it just offered so much more from that point of view. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think that the comparison is so stark between what a mail like a mail list provider like MailChimp can do and how we come to it as creatives and then what Substack is and what Substack can do because we've got the newsletter function sure and the email function but then like you say there are this it's this kind of curated set of well it's a curated journey if you like isn't it especially with your work so it's like where you've been and where you've posted and then the storytelling and that kind of co-creation of where it lands with other people and I know that massively influences my work I wonder if it does yours too you know when you're receiving that feedback or I know that you've um done some really brilliantly 
thoughtful notes as well. So just for anybody that doesn't know what notes is, it's the inbuilt network for Substack. So it's kind of like a, a Twitter, but I don't like to call it Twitter because it's so much more than that. It's a place to connect, isn't it? It's a kind of 24 seven party, but in a really kind of beautiful way like imagine a beach party it's kind of like that sort of vibe isn't it there's a fire roaring over there there's maybe some marshmallows on it there's like a silent disco over there if you want it but there's lots of people turning up and meeting each other and supporting each other's work and Tamsin does very poignant beautiful invitations to us to kind of respond to which I love um yeah that's well it's that co-creation though isn't it it's that spark of I want to respond to this like I've got something to say both in what we put out as art but also what we put out as invitations to others who are also writing or making art so yeah how's that process been for you how has your work landed on Substack and how's it all feeling when people are receiving it I think what for me was really uh, huge on Substack was a what you're talking about is this community aspect, this this um, interaction with others. Like you said, you're it's like a beach party, but it's a beach party attended pretty much exclusively by other writers and other creative people who are all kind of looking to achieve the same goals or to work together in ways Mm -hmm. so it was that collaboration but it was also that I felt like I was immediately getting work through Substack and I couldn't believe that you know with a very small list I couldn't believe that I was getting client requests and you could argue yes I'd started doing something very different I was doing these soul portraits and bringing in mentoring so that it it came through that but it didn't feel like that it felt like with Instagram I'd been posting for ages and maybe got you know not much in return for it and then coming to Substack it was just such a different feeling that there was this appreciation for what you put out and how you engage with people Mm -hmm. and a whole different depth to the relationship Mm -hmm. I think then then even because I had some great relationships on Instagram and I would say I still do in a way I haven't posted there for about six months or longer but but just the I loved those comments and that engaging on Instagram and I really appreciated everyone over there but there was something on Substack that just felt different and I was having this conversation with um, a kind of a mentoring client recently that we hadn't realized Instagram had kind of given us this tunnel vision in a way that we had to create in this grid. And you just have this tiny grid space where you have to catch people's attention and do something interesting and and beautiful and thought provoking enough that it's going to capture people in the space of 10 seconds you know I, I remember when when I learned you know oh the best reels are three seconds long or something you know nobody has the attention span to give you more than three or five seconds but I think we we neglect the side of it which is that we were consuming that content all of the time so obviously on some level when you're consuming that content you're also then trying to create within that sphere and you don't realize how limited you've become and how much you've got this this little square grid in mind and you can only kind of create within this tiny little grid and what I loved about Substack was just that feeling of expansion that there's no there's no grid there's no uh, limitation on what you can do you want to do video one day do video you want to tell a story of one of your clients do that you know if, if with their consent obviously you want to write about something that might not relate or might relate do that you know it, it was just so open and freeing that it can be anything you want to create you can do it there you know it's so true isn't it it's that giant permission slip I know it's talked a lot about in creative circles but I do think Substack just offers us something that we were all just so deprived of like in the way that we were trying to show up digitally but also market who we were and our work it's like if there's a new follower comes to a social media platform and then what like they've seen one post and then how do they get how do they circle back to get to know like all the authentic parts of who you are just from one post or maybe some stories and then do you show that and feed that every day and that is exhausting like you say it just is a hard thing to maintain and I don't know I mean I do have some quite strong views on it from my own experience Um, and I do know when I delete and have deleted the Instagram app for periods of time I just feel like my attention span for creativity and my attention span for observing the world and reading long form just shifts you know I do feel 
now that I've done much more of that work and much more of that detoxing, I've got like this other relationship with Instagram where I'm like, what can I say to the people who are here with, I know the short attention span that they've got that opens up more of a conversation either on Instagram or, you know, over on Substack preferably, but that's now my intention. How can I open up more conversation rather than how can I feed it? Like what's mm. the conversation? What's the creative conversation? What would be people be most interested in? Like, what is that? And that's just an intention that I'm playing with towards the end of the year. And I don't feel anything really other than great you know that's it I've put that out and quite often there is a bit of a conversation and then I put it down again and it gets deleted from my phone so I feel like I've changed my relationship with it as an app and with it as an opportunity and I'm still leaning into the curiosity of what it can be but knowing that my creative work needs to live on Substack like if I'm creating that's where it lives and this is more of a conversation does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, there's a lot to be said as well for the energetic flow, I think, with Substack, that even if the majority of your subscribers are not going to be paying you, mm. some are. And that makes such a difference because I think Instagram, like we open Instagram and all we see, we're just bombarded by people generally in our own field or something similar. Like if I open Instagram, I see so many coaches, creative people, and they're all just trying to market themselves which is totally fair enough and in that they're giving away so much for free and I totally get that that's a strategy we have to give and be generous and show our worth I suppose or what we can do or what we know but there it is draining after a while if you are giving 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 and not getting something back that makes it really hard and I think on Substack the feeling is you can you can give and there's so much more of a flow and I don't just mean financial and monetary from the paying subscribers I mean even from the point of view of people sharing or people engaging on a deeper level it just it just kind of feels a little bit different mm -hmm. and I think um I think for artists especially we've been trained to kind of believe that big followers on Instagram on social media equals success and all we want as creative starting off is to have that success or or to feel like we can make a, a decent living from it. And it doesn't really, it doesn't help that because you just feel, as we were saying, you know, you feel drained, you give and you give and you give and you post so much. And even if you get to the thousands and thousands of followers, it doesn't necessarily mean that those people are buying from you, mm -hmm. that those people are, you know, engaged with your work to the level that maybe you would wish them to be and I think I just speak to so many artists who got so um you know they'd spend 90% of their time just on Instagram and 10% of their time actually doing the art or the writing of what they wanted to do wow. because they became so hooked on this idea that followers equals success followers ego equals my ego feeling okay about myself and and I think Substack somehow has just taken the pressure off that. It's mm -hmm. removed that mm -hmm. because now, I, I mean, I haven't had the Instagram app on my phone for months and I keep wondering, you know, I have so much content now that I could share. I, I keep waiting for when it feels right to me that I'll for come sure. back to sharing on there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I ever will. Uh, sometimes I kind of think I'm probably missing out. You know, I, I have so much content from Substack even. I could just take a few quotes here and there and work that I've done over the last year and just, you know, start posting it without too much effort, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But right now it's just not calling to me. It doesn't feel right to me. Maybe it will in two weeks time. Who knows? Mm. Um, but it's it's such a relief in a way to no, no longer feel that kind of addiction that need to get more followers more comments more likes because that must mean that I'm a good enough artist and that must mean that I'm successful because it doesn't mean that at all we've just been sold that idea yeah, yeah it's I mean it is fascinating and the more I hear about people's journeys with it the more the penny drops like I think when you're in it you don't really get it and then when you're out of it it's like it all makes sense um yeah yeah I met a guy um 
did a, some co-working with me a few months ago and um he's a really cool photographer and video artist and like lives local to me and we were talking about YouTube and I was telling him about Substack and he said something like oh you know I was around in Instagram for the early days and they featured me and it brought me 20,000 followers overnight for my for my art you know for my photography and I was like what was that like, you know, but Instagram don't do that now, right? They work on a totally different model. They're expecting us to pay to advertise and it's a whole different thing. But it was a really cool conversation to understand from him what that felt like, what that felt like to have that level of influx of people looking at his artwork, you know, and that's what I was interested in. You know, that's what I wanted to know from him. It's like, you know, your gallery opening and all of a sudden, like people are queuing around the corner to come and see your art, you know, everybody is interested in that so yeah it's fascinating and I I have artist friends who do use it relatively well and have been on this sort of slow climb you know getting up towards the kind of 10,000 followers mark and that's what we all wanted you know we wanted this swipe up function you know it's like oh when we get the swipe up and when they took that away for me I was like oh well okay that's great I can just put a link in now because yeah it was almost on reflection for me and the way that I was using it, I was really busy with my project work, but I really wanted to share behind the scenes of the communities that I was working in and the artists that I was working with. So I did that, but that's kind of all gone. And if I'd have written blogs about that, then it would still be on the internet now. So yeah, I'm really kind of questioning what I went through in learning to share my creative voice and learning to tell stories about the work that I do and was doing and almost kind of going, maybe that was just part of the process and maybe that enabled me to feel more wholeheartedly able to show up on Substack, which was primarily a, a platform built for writers and take up space and kind of give myself permission to be a creative who also likes to write. Yeah, and I think no matter how we feel about it these days, it was part of the journey, you know, mm. it was something that we maybe all had to kind of go through and give it a try. And I mean, I remain grateful to Instagram for one reason that I, I don't think I would be a writer today if it wasn't okay. for Instagram. Wow. So that that was really interesting. And it was before I started this um, project of, of doing these soul portraits with women. I was just posting on Instagram to try and sell my artwork. <laughs> you know, I was just posting the the visual art I did. And I found in the space of one month, I think about 20 different people said to me, oh, I love your captions. I love what you write. It makes me stop and think. I had even strangers stopping me in the street saying, I follow your Instagram because they knew of me. I'm not so well known, but they knew of me through someone or something. And they'd say, I follow your Instagram. I love what you write. And I was going, lads. <laughs> look at the pictures please <laughs> you know? um, okay yeah because yeah, it was yeah. so funny to me that yeah. I was going you know and I had a, a kind of mentor friend here and he just kept saying you're writing your writing is wow. the power that's where it is for you and I had never wanted to be a writer my mom mm. is a writer so I always okay. she is she's a novelist so I uh yeah I kind of always saw that and thought that looks hard you know <laughs> I'm not going to do that and I'm a very visual person so I didn't didn't see it coming at all and now I'm so grateful because she you know you couldn't she wouldn't write an email growing up that wasn't edited and checked and you know so so careful and it's funny now to look back on it because she used to drive me crazy that if there was ever an important you know job application or if I asked her to help check an essay before I submitted it that she'd be going well I'm not sure this comma should be here instead of there you know and I'd go nuts <laughs> because she was so particular and now I realize that that was the best education I ever could have got in how to write and how to be a writer um but yeah it's just really funny that through Instagram I was trying to share my visual art trying to make a living from it trying to get commissions as an artist or sell my prints and all people were focusing on was what I was writing and the mm -hmm. captions and that was all kind of happening at the same time as discovering Substack coming to Substack starting the project with women and telling their stories mm -hmm. so it's amazing how it all kind of came together at one at one moment yeah, and, I, and I'm really interested in that external view of like, this is what I, and the, this is what they're saying, this is what I think stopped me in my tracks, but it was an experience online that stopped them in their tracks. There was a picture, an image, a visual that then invited them to read the words. Like you don't see the words first on Instagram, right? You've got to, you've got to press a button to like unfold those words with the image. So 
it just it's different people's reference points isn't it of what's made them stop so as uh yeah I'm definitely a visual person so I think the visual would stop me and then I would appreciate the words and I think just all of that language of appreciation of your work like your body of work um it's curious isn't it because it's almost like this is what the universe needed you to hear to then go oh okay okay I can take up space as a writer I hear what they're saying I hear that that, that's helping them connect and then I'm going to take up more space with this as well um I love that story it's incredible wow it's so funny it really is it really that for me was such a huge wake up wake up call because I I you know my mom had always said you're really you're a writer at heart you can you know you have a way with words like many of us do you know and I always was like no <laughs> no way not Shitting for me down. Yeah, and then yeah. in, in a very short period of time it was like okay too many people have said this to me now I have to explore mm-hmm. it and I'm and my work and my life has changed since I did writing for me was the key to everything in many mm-hmm. ways so wow. so surprising <laughs> and with and with the writing Tamsin do you feel it's storytelling or do you feel like it's writing to as an invitation is it something different like what what would you describe your writing to be and it's obviously it's never just well I don't think it is it's never just writing on its own on your publication right because you usually team it with a visual or some visuals yeah I mean I still I'm not sure because this is it's about a year that I've been on Substack so I'm not sure if I'm clear enough right now on how to say what it is I write um it's there's a lot about well-being there's a lot of kind of psychology drift in there it's as you say there's I do every second week I do just an image with a kind of short poem or short prompt just a few words um to try and again just get people to reflect and think differently that's what it usually comes down to it's kind of examining something that we all usually struggle with at one time or another and kind of nudge to think of it a little bit differently, nudge to reflect on it differently. And yeah, I would say I can't describe what my writing is because now I'm getting not loads, but some requests to write for magazines here and there. So for me, it's really an exploration because if somebody asks me to write about something, then I really love that. I actually quite like the discipline of somebody saying, here's your topic, go for it. And that that means that I'm still really learning and still kind of uncovering. Of course, the stories of the women, that's very much storytelling. It's trying to condense a big life story into a few paragraphs, which is a huge task. But I love doing it because those stories are just so powerful. They're amazing. These women are amazing. You know, it's incredible to have that um insane honor that they're trusting me to condense their lives down into a few paragraphs and share that with the world so that side of it is storytelling but then the the essays I do and the other posts there's mix of poetry prose it's it's everything really I mean one of my favorite articles that I worked on this year it's going to be coming out in a magazine in January and that was about home and home from the point of view of outsiders and from the point of view of people like me who have moved a lot, who don't feel at home where they're living. Um, And I loved that. That was just such a fun topic to dig into because we talk about home a lot, but not so often from the point of view of what do you do when you really don't feel at home and you are kind of stuck there and you have to figure it out. And what I love about writing those pieces, it's not necessarily just the process of writing it. It's the conversations that it sparks, you know, and I spoke to refugees for that article who who can't go home, who are looking for a whole different things than maybe what I'm looking for in a home. So it's I, I love that side of writing those kinds of things. It's not about me. It's about the conversations it starts and all of these different perspectives you get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's where that all settles, isn't it, in someone like every piece that I've come to to write on Substack, I think has fundamentally changed me as a creative. Like I'm not just churning something out like there's a process of going through an expansive transformation in making this post make sense in terms of what I want to say and how I want it to connect with folks, but also a kind of opportunity of growth around being a creative who also likes to write and taking up space in this kind of long form place around sometimes some like vulnerable topics as well like vulnerable for me vulnerable for them and kind of just letting it all unfold and seeing 
where things land and like you say it's like it's only been a year so who knows in five years or 10 years time how you'll describe your substack but right here and now you're kind of going with it aren't you and kind of being pulled in various different directions that that article sounds like it's going to be an incredible read yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing it do you think we'll be able to get it in the UK do you know we might not be able to say too much I don't know it's it should be in shops in the UK oh great okay good so we'll be able to yeah we'll be able to link to that that's good great um yeah Yeah. so I was going to ask if we could share your substack a little bit so if you're listening on audio you can kind of jump over to the video and have a little look I'm actually feeling like if you could share it Tamsin and I could give you the permission to screen share I think that would be really beautiful if you could talk us through how things are landing I know we chatted a bit at the start of the call where you were like oh I need to maybe like tidy this up and change this and it's constant isn't it we're always feeling a little bit of that and I think that is part of the honest process of creating on Substack isn't it but yeah um let me see I put my glasses on I'll see if I can just give you some permissions um I think I have the share screen button will I try oh great yeah let's let's give it a go and see oh no it says disabled yeah Hmm. disabled on your end (laughs) so I will go to participants and see if I can do it How does it? I just wish Zoom was more <laughs> stable. It's like every time I come on, they've given me more buttons to press. Um, yeah, I don't know what most of them are. Participants for. can share at once, right? That should be it. Have a go now. Okay, there we go. Yay. Right. Can you see that? I can, yeah. And I was asking you at the start, wasn't I, in terms of. Um, the name for your substack it's resurface and I said have you always had that name or um did it start somewhere else so yeah I'll jump in with that question before you um you start showing us around because I just think it's fascinating to understand people's process so yeah it was at first it was uncovering because it felt like as I said I started substack when I started doing these uh portraits of women Mm -hmm. and I found that the process with them was about peeling back the layers and uncovering the light within and uncovering the stories that are shaping us sometimes holding us back sometimes defining us so that's how it started but I pretty quickly changed it to resurface to be a bit more general because I think Pretty much all of my writing could be seen as, I mean, you just asked me this a minute ago and I didn't have a good answer, but, but maybe. I think you had a great answer. answer. I think your answer is great. I think this is part, <laughs> this is part of it, isn't it? Like yeah. if somebody writes a book, like we can describe what that book is once it goes to print, because it's a, it's a finished creative project, right? But with Substack, it's just ever evolving. So it's really hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So resurface comes from this idea that we're all sometimes a bit down in the depths and how do we let go of the weights and the things that are keeping us stuck down there and float a little bit up to the surface. And also about sometimes we need to go down there, right? (laughs) Sometimes we need to visit those things down there and just being able to come back up to the surface of the water where there's warmth and sunshine and light. Uh, So I would say that all of my posts in a way have that theme in the back of the back you know back of my mind when I'm writing it's this idea of kind of what can help you let something go a little some of that shame some whatever is kind of you're struggling with on that day that maybe this can just help you float a little lighter Mm -hmm. so what would you like me to talk about here so uh, I love how you've said it's like it's a it looks like a website within a sub stack so you've got this really beautiful um set of tabs across the top and the first one after home is work with me so there's that real clear invitation to hey I do some work in the world do you want to come and see what it's about I love that and then you've got your soul portraits which you've so beautifully and eloquently described then you've got a link to your website and I'd love to know your decision making about about those things like do you also you know what how do you differentiate between what's here what lives on your website is that still like an ever-evolving process as well does that feel really clear now yeah this is I was actually just chatting with my web designer the other day about this because when I did the website I had just moved to Austria it was two years ago I had been really unwell for a long time and I was in that stage of okay I'll try and be an artist so we set up the website mostly as a web shop you know with cards postcards prints all of which I very quickly realized this is not working for me Um, because just being an artist as I was saying it's like you know 
10% of your time is actually spent being creative. The rest of your time is spent marketing and trying to sell. And for me, it was missing the human connection. Mm -hmm. Art is always a human connection, but it wasn't it was missing something for me. I mean, when I studied after school, I actually studied international development and all I wanted to do was do something humanitarian, you know, and I had experiences working a little bit in Central Africa, the Middle East. So for me, the in-person connection was so important. Mm. Then my whole 20s, we won't go through that whole long story of the many <laughs> things I did in my 20s, but my my 20s was about realizing, yeah, but I really need to be creative as well otherwise I feel totally suffocated mm. and I said at the time well one day I'll find a way of bringing both together don't know what that will look like uh but that was my hope you know I lived in Italy for four years working in a gallery also kind of creating I was making jewelry <laughs> out of wood and silver it was I did a lot of things you know um became a massage therapist you know did so many things um and yeah, so when I built the website, it was me coming back to, okay, I have to be creative. I have to try and be an artist. It seems to be what I'm best at. Let's do this. And I so quickly realized this is just not working for me. And then over time, this idea of working with people and doing portraits of their energy, these soul portraits. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh my God, this is it. This is how I thought one day I would bring all of these different aspects together. Uh, so my website, I feel like now it's quite out of date because mm -hmm. it's it's mostly focused on it still has the web shop, essentially, with my artwork and prints um, there. And I don't know when I, I will close that at some point. I think mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because now, again, through doing this work, I'm actually getting more sales over there than I was before when it wasn't motivating me, you know, wow. but through doing something that is so much more aligned and, and speaking to my soul is also just bringing more people into my space, I suppose. And therefore they see the other work. Um, and speaking of that artwork, you know, cause I started doing these portraits and I started writing and I kind of thought, okay, just doing drawings, just doing artwork, I'm done. You know, it's not, it's not what was working for me. It's not motivating. I'm ready to let that go. And it was Sarah Faye actually who said, she was looking at my Substack and she said, why don't you ever share your artwork? And I was like, oh, cause past, <laughs> you know, I've moved on. Mm -hmm. um, but she was right actually, cause I have this huge catalog of illustrations and drawings. And that's how I started sharing these, which is like I was saying, where when, every second week I just share an, an illustration or a photograph with a very short kind of poem or prompt to reflect on. Uh, and that's just so interesting because it's, you know, of course, I had said to myself, I'm done with that. It didn't work. You know, I kind of tried and failed. It didn't really work out. Ready to let that go. You know, I'll just sell the last of my stock and done and just focused on this in-person work, which in many ways, that is still my um, goal is just to do the in-person stuff. But it's it's crazy how in our minds we're just like, OK, I just want to delete that and move on to the next thing instead of realizing, well, actually, I have all of this work and how can I recreate it? How can I do something new with it? Um, and that's been really fun to just try this, the, these putting these poems to it, putting some prompts to it. Um, and they've got such a good reception as well. So I owe Sarah all the credit for that because it wasn't my idea. You know? I mean, yeah, and it's um, it's that it's that personal resurface, isn't it, of the work? And we're so guilty of doing that in our creative project work. And yeah, I don't know what the answer is or if there even is an answer. I think it's just about staying connected to the invitation and being curious in leaning into like you talked about the shadows, because sometimes there are just things that we can't see and we have to put stuff down for a little while and then try them in a new guise or try them in a new space. And I know when I first saw one of these, I was just like, literally stopped in my tracks so oh, wow. I can't remember Thank what was you. going on in my day but there was stuff going on in my day and I was just like wow I need to sit down I need to sit down and see this I can witness this and read it yes but it was more like I need to witness this like it was something so powerful and something that I felt really really called to do and I'm sure others have had very similar experiences to these this particular set this curated set of work and I don't know 
if you've got in your mind like which order it's going to go in or if it you know if it's not as measured as that if it's just like whatever kind of you feel that day but I know that it's super super powerful so thank you for putting that out in the world thank you that means so much to me and I really appreciate it and the only reason I tell that story is really to remind especially creatives because we try so many things and we have so many ideas and we give a bit of time to this and we feel very quickly if it's not working and especially me I'm really like okay on on to the next thing and especially because I'm like the feeling now of fulfillment with what I'm doing now is so much more than what it was when I was just yeah yeah Yeah, it's a very different feeling but it's it was it was still a revelation to me to go this was not wasted time and this Mm. is not wasted work just because it didn't sell loads or get me those massives of followers on Instagram it's not a failure it's part of my portfolio it still exists and don't just you know neglect it in a way and kind of let it go I'm not saying we always have to work on everything Mm -hmm. but just to to everyone to remember that everything you've done has worth had a you know had a reason to exist and it might still you know I never expected to be posting these illustrations on Substack you know not at all and and as you say they've had this really nice reception which is is Mm -hmm. amazing and even for me to come back and look at my illustrations of course, I have all the voices of like, oh, that's not good enough. Oh, I don't want to post this. Oh, I don't, I don't like this wow. anymore. You know, okay. well, but it was fun to give myself the challenge of create a poem that goes along with it. Create mm-hmm. a prompt that's going to make people feel better. Give them something to think about. Uh, and that totally changed how I was going to look at it because it's not just the critical brain kind of saying, oh, but you've moved on from this. You know, it's not mm-hmm. good enough. Instead, it was like, okay, look at it. I took time to create these. So why not? them out there you know mm-hmm. and sometimes you know you said something about the energy that meets you you know when you put something out and you know you may be feeling quite early on like you know whether that is going to I don't, can't remember exactly how you phrased it Tamsin but you know where that lands basically we we're talking about that and maybe it was just not yet you know maybe it was part of the creative process of putting something out and then later on being called to put it out in a completely new way and maybe it was always meant to be this way and that journey of the artwork is like this is where it ends up but it might not be the end you know these could be on a gallery wall like there could be so much I did a a project with a an artist friend in America Sarah Schatz and we did digital exchanges for um a year through motherhood so we captured I, love it. I remember that so you beautiful. remember it yeah. oh that's so yeah. nice so 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 we captured you know digital captures one photo or one video snippet or one thing that was kind of part of our day um for a full year just over a year and neither of us wanted the project to end but we'd said that we would do it for a year right so we were like okay we know we want to wrap it up but we don't want to wrap it up and how does it all fit in the world? And so much more has happened with that body of work. But even now, when I look at it, even though it's not that long since we finished, it's only February, I'm so emotional when I see it because it's the new filter of kind of going, wow, like that whole container of that energy, that exchange of friendship we've never met in real life yet, hopefully next year or the year after. But there's just something so incredible. And with Sarah's edits, she did a completely different set of edits to anything I would have ever imagined that I'd be able to do. And it just kind of, yeah, it just raised the vibration of what that was as a as a piece and experience. But I know that it's not finished, like it's not done. And I don't know if it ever will be. Like, I just feel there's so much more that I want to do with it. Um, and I'm waiting for the call. And that's why I started telling the story, because it's interesting it's like there and I'm holding it and I'm curious and I know but it's not nothing's happening with it yet but I know that there's something so yeah that can feel quite exciting it'll come yeah Yeah, that feels really exciting to um to yeah to lean into that and to lean into the creativity of that as a body of work and even in the early photos you know I look at them and I go oh but like that I could have done this with it and I could have done that with it but the whole process you know my whole sense of what I could take photos of changed through that process through that practice so yeah it was really really special so I'm really appreciating it and other people are and I just wondered do you feel like you have an end point with this like are you going to post a certain number or you're not there yet like how's that all feeling for these little visual things yeah 
I'm not sure. I'm going with the flow very yeah. much. I'm really, I'm one of those people that I, I schedule and plan in advance mm -hmm. a certain amount, but I have to have freedom within yeah. that. So yeah. for now, it's as long as I find it kind of exciting and inspiring. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as long as, of course, I, it's it's not for me at the end of the day, you know, it's for the readers, it's for the the people, the lovely people who choose to subscribe. So it's always at the end of the day about how can I serve them and how can it work? It Does it work for them? Does it resonate? Does it not? Mm -hmm. So there's no plan for now. I mean, I have such a huge catalog of old illustrations that I'm kind of pulling up and working through. Mm. And it's interesting what you were saying as well, because if we look at, I don't know if you can see my mouse, but say here, yeah. that was the other difference. The, the other thing I realized, which was when I was drawing all of these, I didn't realize I was drawing energy. And then I had this idea of drawing people and their energy. Mm -hmm. And it was only, as you say, when you look back and realize mm -hmm. I was always doing these kind of line work and that was entirely just to soothe me. And everyone mm -hmm. then would say, oh, this is really soothing to look at which, you know, I ne didn't necessarily feel soothed when I was doing it, but it was just a process of draw line after line after line after okay. line to really calm down, to create some flow. Mm -hmm. So again, it's that thing. And I, and I didn't realize now I can look back at all of my old drawings and see that it was completely leading to what I'm doing today with Whoa. women. It was all energy. It was all my mm -hmm. representation of flow or blocks in our kind of energetic field in the world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so just like you say about that project, who knows how it will come back around, but it will come back around. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And also the freedom of letting yourself lean into a practice and a process that you're called to do, right? So obviously as creatives, as artists, like we're called to show up in certain ways and sometimes that is completely mysterious so we don't know you know we just know that there's a calling and we can't do anything else it's this that we're being called to do so leaning into that and kind of yeah working with that energy as you say and then yeah and then seeing seeing where what it transmutes and what happens and what kind of circles back I love that it's bringing you work and clients I just think that is so so powerful and I think for me part of coming to Substack and doing the work that I've done on Substack has been that it is easy to create a space that is uncluttered unmessy clear you know I think like you said about your website it's really difficult to build a website like how how and you know there's all of the kind of incredible teaching around the right copy and the right way to describe yourself but sometimes it just feels like an, an Everest it has done for me in the past an Everest to climb whereas with Substack we're called to write a post and then we're called to organize that post when it becomes multiple posts if we want to but we don't have to do we, we can keep it really simple um and I love that about Substack. I love the invitations that you've got set up here. I know that you mentioned you've got paid members as well. So how does that work in relation to your free stuff? Are you still kind of morphing through what that could be? Or do you feel like you have that pretty set? I It's changed a lot, actually, since the beginning. Um, there's I am going to teach some workshops soon to my paid members because I have these workshops. I've taught them in other spaces, so it seems silly not to do it. Mm. But I was I, I did have some kind of like, oh, do I want to do that? Will enough people show up? Is that, mm. you know, that that kind of feeling. Uh, so for now, these um, the visual short posts, which are every second week, those will always be free. Um, because it's short and sweet and just a chance to kind of engage and get in. Then usually for my older posts, I just lock them after. I, I find it hard still to put too many paywalls on things mm -hmm. because when you put so much hard work into something and I know even in person, I know loads of people who tell me that they really get a lot from reading it, which means so much to me. And yet they can't really afford to upgrade or to uh, make that commitment which I get you know it's totally fair and at the same time I also get that I I need to sometimes be paid for this work so for me the difference with, with paid free it's that um, I'm a very private person and I write in a very personal way but I don't give much about me and my life away whereas behind the paywall it is just you do feel safer to be a bit more vulnerable to be a bit more open so it's that balance it's also just 
locking things once they've gone out but then locking them a week or so later because you know why not it's fair enough um but I'm still really experimenting and still testing things I I I wouldn't say I have a really clear or uh good strategy down it's still you know still kind of a playground substack I feel (laughs) in that way and it is hard because on the one hand you feel like you know I put a lot of work into my posts I really I don't ever post in kind of a haphazard mm-hmm. flippant you know I really put so much work into every post um this is what I learned growing up from my mom as a writer you know the the real if you want to write you have to edit and edit mm-hmm. and edit and edit mm-hmm. and uh do revisions and really cut out so many sentences that when you first wrote go wow I'm really happy with that sentence it's it's poetic it's beautiful and then later like does this is it superfluous is it actually communicating what I need to communicate mm-hmm. and so obviously I do I do, I do put so much work and time in mm. um so it's a tricky balance isn't it figuring out what should be behind the paywall what shouldn't for yeah. now I'm trying to keep as much unlocked as possible just because it's really I really love when people come in and engage and that feels so good and I don't want to be kind of having that wall up and at the same time we have to protect ourselves and we have to say well we're putting a lot of time and energy into this so we do have you know we, we should be paid for that too mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I love that in setting out our stall of even having a paywall you know like it's a bold move like I know we're used to it we've been on Substack for a little while but it's still a bold move to say I'm paywalling my work like we're not used to that in the wider world and in Substack we are but we're still inviting people from off Substack to come on to Substack to experience what we want to write and post and saying and hey there's a paywall and behind there there's a private members community there's a there's a tonal shift you know there's what workshops whatever it is and I think that the strategy is test and adjust. I think that is our strategy, isn't it? So yes, we can be really strategic, but it's a playground that keeps shifting and changing. And, you know, to go back to that beach party analogy, like new people keep coming with like new expectations or new experiences. And also, you know, within that exchange with different voices and different people's experience, I've learned so much around where my writing lands. So I think I had an idea and the people that supported my monthly newsletter that I set up in 2017, most of them are still there. And so, you know, they supported the work then and then have seen this kind of transformation and this expansion of other things that I wanted to share in other blogs. And other people have come along and witnessed it in new ways. And I've gone, oh, it's that. Like, I didn't know it was that, but it's that. And I love what you were saying about your mum because I'm like, I so need a session with your mum because, um, yeah, the editing thing, it's like, I feel like I've got this this far through life and I just want to say what I want to say. But of course, writing is a craft. It's not about speaking things out. And there is a craft in my work, but I feel like I'm a baby, you know, in editing terms. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, I could lose that. It's still hard to lose mm. things that you've written. You You sort of become like really in this dance with the energy of okay like for me I'm often working to like a deadline of the school run or something like that and I want to get something scheduled and I want to put stuff out but next year I'm feeling the call to like really edit and really go into this process of craft and I'm excited about it not that anything I've done is wrong because I really lean into my creative process but I can see that I'm being called to like hold stuff for longer but not hold it back just hold it right yeah it's not about holding back I would say I've sometimes had to cut things that I've gone but no I don't want to cut that you know but you you only ever improve a piece of work by editing it Mm -hmm. you know it's very rare that something is going to get worse Mm -hmm. and if it gets worse that's okay you still have the old version you can go back to that Mm -hmm. but it really is if we're going to communicate the message and if we're going to keep it I think succinct and and that people will engage it you know when we I don't have such a huge name that people are just going to read me no matter what I put out there Mm, you know or that they're going to as you say there's new people arriving all of the time who have no clue who we are or what we do so and that can feel really awkward that we have to keep repeating it you know and say it again and say this is who I am this is what I offer this is what I do but 
I think that's one trap I see with people on Substack is that they've they're they're just writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and that's great go for it but I think publishing especially if you don't have a huge following anyway publishing you know 20 to 30 minute reads people aren't going to engage with that and not only that but the the pleasure and the joy that can come from reading through your own work and just refining and refining and refining and also knowing when to stop as well and not to be too perfectionist because of course we're so hard on ourselves mm -hmm. and it will never get published if we're if we're being too strict on ourselves I'm sure if I open any of these pieces you know I'm gonna go oh god I should change that line you know and <laughs> I must you know I thought thought of a better way of saying that that's normal but to yeah. at least give it some some revisions, some edits, read it out loud, because mm -hmm. it can be, it, it can be intimidating for people. But if anything, it's actually really, really satisfying to kind of take an idea, write it out, come back to it half an hour later or two days later and realize, wow, I can make this 10 times better. Mm. That's really a great feeling for me anyway. And that's part of the writing process that I love. It's not just the writing for me that really um, motivates me it's the going back over it sometimes mm. 10 times or more and making it better every time or finding a better way to phrase something. I, mm. I really love it. I find that so, yeah, so kind of excited. That's the real um, juiciness of writing for me. That's the moment that feels really like, ooh, you know, everything's sizzling and crackling yeah, and this is getting yeah. better. Yeah. And I feel like the way you're describing your creative process, there's a, a definite embodied call, like this is ready now, this is ready to go. You know, it's not like, oh, I've got a, I've got a schedule and it's got to go or whatever. It's like, and it's ready, it's gone. It's that's a funny one because with these portraits, especially, it's so funny. I mean, with writing, yes, I, I don't know if I ever feel it's fully ready, but with these portraits, I have not done one yet where I haven't had a moment thinking I'm not going to get this. I cannot okay. communicate this woman's energy to her mm -hmm. the way I feel it, the way I'm reading it. Mm -hmm. It's all wrong. I can't do it. Something's not working. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it could be something that I show someone close to me and they're like, no, no, that's great. It's done. Great. And I'm like, mm. And it's always just like an inner moment of knowing when you know it's finally finished, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe I could have spent maybe 30 hours, you know, wow. <laughs> on some tiny detail because I, I can, but it's something, it's something beyond me that mm -hmm. says like, no, now it's done, now it's ready. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, I had to learn to really trust that as well, yeah. because it's a very um, intimidating thing to say to someone, I'm going to show you how the world sees your energy. It's only my artistic interpretation, of course. Mm -hmm. But so far, the reception has been every time every client I've worked with has seen things and has understood things mm -hmm. that I could not have imagined, you know, that I did not see when I was doing it. So there's some like bigger force at, at, at you know, this the very, very first one I did was this one. And I remember she looked at it and she was like, that's my mother's energy. That is how um, I saw my mother. How okay. did you before she died? You know, how okay. how did you capture that? And with every one of them so far, everyone has looked at them or their family and friends have looked at it and said, that is exactly how we see you. You know, how did she do that? And then I really say to myself, OK, so then the however many hours, which was sometimes maybe far too many hours that I put into it, it was worth it because it was it was all part of that process that only something outside of me tells me okay enough done put down your pen you know <laughs> and, and you know there's no bigger gift is there like I can I can see that in your work there's no bigger gift back to these women back to you as an artist knowing that you've completed the circuit on this piece of work with them that exchange and then bigger than that the other people that see it and see them I mean it's absolutely incredible you're doing incredible work I just I'm in awe of you Tams and I love it I love it all I'm so oh. glad that we connected on Substack I'm not really sure how it happened but I'm very glad Substack connected us um when they thank did you. thank and you so much I appreciate that yeah <laughs> no I, I just I'm really so grateful and I think this conversation today has been so timely for me like I've had a really big week of like logistical things and things feeling tough and a funding rejection so just oh, to be God. able to have a light yeah a lighter conversation about art and about your process has been yeah so so worthwhile so you have your Substack. People can search resurface on Substack and find you. And then you've also got another couple of online places. You mentioned your Instagram. Do you want people to head over there and like connect in there too? 
Sure. I mean, they can find me there. I I don't know if I'll, yeah. I'll get back to posting there. For now. There's been but... a bit of crossover, hasn't it? Because Substack doesn't have a direct message function. So some of us have like had some nice little chats and stuff in the Instagram DMs. And it feels like a continuation of the Substack depth of relationship. So I'm, yeah, I'm still open yeah. to it. Yeah. But you're there. Yeah. So what, what was your handle there? It's just Tamsin Merivale, my mm-hmm. name. And the website is the same, uh, tamsinmerivale.com, which you can see oh, here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 like you say, the Instagram is still working for those conversations kind mm-hmm. of in inbox because I don't have the app anymore, but I just see it on my desktop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, like I said, I might go back to posting on there. I feel like I should. You know, oh, it's, yeah, you'll know, but you'll yeah. know when, you'll know when it'll yeah. just come. Maybe there'll be some downtime over the holidays or something like that. And you're like, yeah, maybe I'll just check it out. Or you just yeah. don't know, do you, when you might be. Or someone, I think for me, it would someone had um, messaged me on there about Substack stuff. And I was like, oh, right, okay. I'd seen it on the desktop. And I was like, I better get back to them about that. So yeah, we'll see how it all transpires. But thank you so much for today. Thank you for sharing your process, your art, your substack. Thank you for be- thank you for being so generous and letting us know how you've set it up and what you've got behind the paywall and how it's all feeling like right now. I just really appreciate the conversation. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it as well. And thank you for having me. You're so welcome. We'll see you really soon. Thanks so, so much for listening to Sparkle on Substack. There's a whole community over on Substack to connect and chat with. If you'd like to leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, I'd absolutely love that. See you next time. And remember, great oaks grow from tiny acorn seeds. Sending sparkles to you for your day ahead.